2: stop viking stop
0: it's purple daily on score north and
1: ScoreNorth.com. can I tell you guys I love you I mean it
0: from the bottom of my heart I will ride with this group until they don't let us play anymore what a week this is crazy man like Kirk Cousins trade deadline feel like this is a good time on this feedback Friday to just exhale Hmm? <laughs> you want to mute yourself,
2: Judd? My bad. My bad. Totally my fault. Totally my fault. Hi, everybody. I muted myself. My name's Judd. I was doing something, shuffling some papers. I forgot to unmute myself. My bad. My bad. my bad. Shuffling those papers. I take full responsibility. All right, let's start the show. I, I said, "How? How do you feel though? Like, because it's been a, like it's been an active week. It's been really intriguing." But yeah. as we get set for the game now, with Cousins out, um, how do you feel about this
0: team? Well, I have them winning 10 games. You guys have them winning fewer. And I have them potentially bringing Kirk Cousins back. So I don't know. I feel like a... all these people that think, old oh, Macadax negative. A little Kirk hater, no, right? you're the most dude? positive. You know? You're the most positive. Although maybe it is Kirk hate to think that the Vikings can still win 10 games without Kirk's services. Yeah. Maybe that is in a roundabout way, sort of hating hating on Kirk. I saw I re-
2: that. I renew what I said um, at the start of the season. I have never been more interested in, like, the direction of a Vikings team, or it's been a very long time, than this team. Like so, this so, like, season or going into No, 2024? just the direction. Just the direction. How Jaron Hall looks on Sunday. We have no idea. He might be really, you know, he he, he might look good. He might look awful. Yeah. But, like, just everything about this team I'm so curious about because – there's a lot of unknowns, but I wouldn't call them negative unknowns necessarily.
0: Yeah, it's it there's a huge curiosity bin here of mm-hmm. of the second half of the season, but then there's so many questions now that open up at quarterback with Daniel Hunter. They elected not to trade him, right? And we're gonna actually there's a an interesting report that came out this week that's part of Feedback Friday. Um but we, we that's what we do every Friday if you're new to this thing. We go live just after 10 o'clock for, uh, for Feedback Friday and we turn the show over to you guys and we just sort of read your comments, questions, concerns, critiques, whatever you have for us. And there's a couple really good questions here that are going to make us think about how this thing is going to progress the next six months. Uh, before we dive into the feedback, thank you for joining us here on a Friday. Please click the like button and the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And if you're listening... On the podcast side, a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts helps us continue to grow this awesome community of Vikings fans where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. A shout-out to Quick Trip, Judd, getting us started here heading into this football weekend.
2: I've got a prop. I've got a prop because this is the Quick Trip gas truck, and when you see this, wow, you know thing. you know that you are getting quality. Quick Trip, they, and from like gasoline to the great group of coffee, uh to um breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Quick Trip is your one stop shopping. And Quick Trip also wants to make you one stop for winning with the Vikings opening drive contest. Here are the rules and here are the possibilities. Purchase any pothole pizza or 20 ounce Pepsi Cola product with quick rewards to enter purchase both products together with quick rewards and receive 10 bonus entries. One weekly winner will receive a $10 gift card for every yard gained during the Vikings opening drive. And if the Vikings score a field goal on that drive, the winner will earn an an additional $500 quick trip gift card. If the Vikings score a touchdown, you're going to earn an additional $1,000 quick trip gift card. Weekly winners will have a chance to win up to $2,000 in quick trip gift cards. And also be entered in a grand prize drawing for a pair of 2024-25 Viking season tickets. Free fuel for a year from Quick Trip. This is a total value of $5,500. Just go to quicktrip.com sweepstakes for details. All right, boys.
0: Quick Trip. If you All want crap. your uh, your Quick Trip uh, mock semi-truck, Judd can probably hook you up with that, too. somewhere. I know people. Michael Herzog chimes in here, by the way, the feedback tab in the score North app, great place to hit us up. YouTube comment section. Michael Herzog says, I remember there being mention of a better cap situation coming in the near future. How would a potential of Daniil Hunter affect that? And would another year of Kirk cousins fit there as well? Some fans seem to th- uh, seem to think the Vikings can afford to pay everyone with an assumed JJ mega deal looming on the horizon as well. Uh, and the $28 million in cap hit the Vikings still owe to Kirk Cousins in 2024. All of this seems like a big issue, but I'm also not a numbers guy. Can you help? Sports dad. Sports accountant. Sports, Sports cap guy. Hold
2: on a second. got to get my the calculator, calculator out here. Um, so this all, this all goes back to one thing. What is Kirk Cousins willing to accept? If Kirk Cousins wants a three-year contract with a lot of guarantees still, then I think the short answer is absolutely not. But if Kirk Cousins says, you know what, and and the Vikings also say this, you're coming off an Achilles, dude. You're going to be 36 in the summer, and let's do a let's do a one or two year deal, but mm-hmm. let's make it, but let's basically make the second year an, an option because he could come back and not be the same player. Yeah. And you know the guarantees are going to have to come down. And Kirk's like, you know what, I'm coming off an injury. I like it here, certainly with O'Connell. I've developed a rapport. Then I think it's possible. Uh, but I, but I have shifted to this when you kept Daniel Neil Hunter past the deadline and I know he's going to be 30 next October, but when you kept him past the deadline and he has now 20 and a half sacks in the past two years now. So he's back. Like he missed all of 20 and he missed a portion of uh, 2021 because of injury. But if you look at what he has done, if we're talking about giving a rich 3 year contract to either Cousins or Daniil right now, I'm going to go with with Hunter. So if Cousins is like, "You know what? I'm inflexible. I got to get paid again." Then I say, "Kirk, we appreciate your service. Thank you much, but this point is a great point." Like, "Yes, you're right. You can the, This is not baseball. And it's not the Dodgers, right? You yeah. cannot afford to pay everybody what they want. And you are going to have to write some very rich contracts, including probably in a couple of years, Derrissaw, because I think they'll probably push that off again. Sort of like has happened with Justin Jefferson's contract right now.
0: You know, the really hard thing about this is we talked about this on the Thursday episode. We did kind of a deep dive into like the salary cap ramifications. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But right now, and I'm getting this information from over the cap here. So we know that the Vikings did some accounting magic to to lower Kirk's uh, Kirk's cap hit for 2023 by pushing twenty-eight and a half million dollars. That this is just like bookkeeping. Kirk's paid. But that but right. they, they have there's certain things you can do to sort of manipulate the salary cap by converting base to bonus, right? There's things you can do. And so they owe Kirk to the cap, twenty eight and a half million dollars next year, and he's not under contract. They put it into a vo- what's called a void year. And by the way, why do we get into the weeds on some of this stuff? Why do we? Why are we just like nerds who find this interesting? Because this is about forget about money for a second. It's about it's a chessboard, right? And every chess piece has a value on, it. and every team, every team has the same amount of money to spend on their chessboard, and the same floor that they have to get above. So it's it's how you value and allocate resources so that you can build the best roster. Well, Daniil Hunter, also not under contract, right? That's a void year next year. That's a $15 million cap hit, and he's not on the team yet. So any contract you would agree to with either one of those guys, you'd have to absorb that extra money that you push down the road into the deal. So, And that's where we get into like some of the stuff we talked about yesterday, like Again, there's ways to manipulate the cap, and that's why people say the cap is fake. You can do whatever you want with it. But in general, the more expensive players you have, the harder it is to build a great roster. So, like, the Vikings right now, with Kirk, with Daniil, with Derrissaw coming up here at some point, Jefferson coming up here next year, and then Harrison Smith's cap hits, like, $19 million for next year. You know, he's still under contract. You got to figure that out. You know, there's... I could I could name five or six players out of 53 and get you basically half of your allotted salary cap. Mm -hmm. So how do you build a great roster out now? I need 48 more players because I need if I'm going to win a Super Bowl, I can't just have five or six good players who are making a bunch of money. And this is where it becomes. I mean, you know, you got to hit on draft picks, but you only get a certain amount of draft picks. You're not going to hit on all of them. How do you fill out 48 other spots, right? So there's some positions where you have to say goodbye to veterans. You have to say goodbye to an Adam Thielen. Yeah. Uh, maybe you say goodbye to a Daniil Hunter at the well, trade deadline. They didn't do that, right? So it's, it's a complicated situation for them.
2: Let's prioritize, too. So, so like, if we're prioritizing. So if you just sit down and flat out look at the roster and the prospect of paying guys, and you can pay some, you certainly can't pay all. Your priority right now, I mean, Daniil Hunter is 29, and he has been fantastic. Like, there's no debating this. He still remains one of the premier defensive ends, which is going to cost you a, a lot. But, like, if I'm prioritizing a list, all right, Justin Jefferson, I'm signing. I'm not going to allow him to walk after his fifth year here. Daniil Hunter has shown me enough where, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, he spends the rest of the season healthy but I'm going to make every attempt to sign him. I think Kirk ends up in the next bin, and and if we can do something, fine. And if we can't, you know what? At some point in time, too, you are – I mean, he's going to be with or without the Achilles. He's going to be 36 next year. Mm -hmm. At some point in time, you have to pivot. Like, you can't keep going down this road. And I don't know if it's going to be in 2024 or 25, but you also – it's not like a twenty-eight-year-old tore his Achilles, and now it's like, okay, screw it. We still gotta pay him. You know, he's still so there's just a lot of things here, but I just think on a priority list, my my top bin includes Jefferson and Hunter. Um, and I think everybody else in in the secondary list falls into a bin that's after them.
0: So that's real quick, me. a comparison. So let's use the Chiefs, for example. So the, the Chiefs elected a couple years ago. They said the most important thing for us is Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to, and now, of course, like he signs that contract. Now there's like a few other guys that actually have higher cap pits because that's the way it works. If he ever gets to a position where he's going to renegotiate a new deal, I'm sure he'll be the highest paid quarterback again, but he's, he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks. So they said, we have to pay Patrick Mahomes. He is a franchise changer. He's one of the greatest players of all time. And because of that, we're going to have to make some sacrifices. So they've got Patrick Mahomes, again, $220 million to spend. The cap hit for Pat Mahomes this year is $37 million. They got Chris Jones, one of the great defensive players in the league at $27 million cap hit. And then you got Travis Kelsey at the top of his market and Joe Tooney at the top of his market for, for guard. So they have a top of the market quarterback, top of the market edge uh, or defensive lineman, uh, top of the market tight end and by top, I mean like top three highest paid top five and then top of the market uh, guard. And that leaves, that's four, that leaves 48 other roster spots to fill out. And they're paying some guys, but, like, everyone else is $5 There's a couple guys making 10 or 12, Justin Reed and uh, MVS. Otherwise, it's like, hey, we're going to have lesser play. We're going to say goodbye to Tyreek Hill. We're going to have lesser players at some of these positions. And we're either going to have to draft really, really, really well, which they did. Like, they nailed a couple of these drafts or have a quarterback that can make up for these deficiencies because you can't have eight guys being paid at the top of their position, right? So the Vikings are going to have in two years from now, if they keep going forward, they're going to have a receiver top, top of his market, a left tackle top of his market. They already have a tight end top of his market. They're going to need quarterback and edge in some capacity. And that doesn't include all the other positions. So this is, this is all the stuff that's weighing on quasi over the next six months. Who do you keep? Who do you sign to big contracts? Where do you look for value? We'll see. And at some point in time, too, you're going to have to explain to
2: the Wilfs are you building a Super Bowl team or are you building a competitive team? Yeah. Like, I can run this back a little bit and probably make you competitive. And the Vikings, now after a one and four start, are competitive. Uh, at least they, they were with Kirk. But, you know, at what point in their contracts for O'Connell and Kwesi does it pivot to, are we building a team that could actually not just win the division, but win playoff games, win a Super Bowl, get there? Like, that's a whole different question. And like in, if you ask that question, the Hunter discussion, and I still think he's he's been great, but the Hunter discussion gets to be a little bit more in- interesting because then, Phil, you're inevitably having to sit down and look at age's you know
0: you are but then it's like i also don't i think still bring him back but it, 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 yeah it's not great asset management to just let him walk for a third no. round comp pick two years from now like so i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment Jamie Sabla, Swaggy Z33 says, I expect the same criticism of Jaron Hall and Joshua Dobbs or whoever is our quarterback for the rest of the season as you guys had for Kirk Cousins. Otherwise, your shtick is up. Not sure who actually listens to you to begin with, but you suck. You (laughs) suck, pal. You've made money off of a bit and the gig is up, you losers. They figured us out. (laughs) He figured out the whole. The gig is up. (laughs) up. Do you think, okay, let's entertain the premise. Let's entertain his question here. Score North is going to pull the plug now. If Kirk leaves, that's it. Do you think that a fifth round rookie quarterback being thrown into a fire he wasn't supposed to or a journeyman backup learning his fourth system in two years deserves the same level of scrutiny as a veteran quarterback who was brought here a half decade ago to win a Super Bowl? Do you think those are equal?
2: They are not uh, equal. I'm going to okay. hitch my I'm going to hitch my opinion now to Hall and absolutely whip him. him. Just savage him if he's not Pirate good. to
0: blame 100% Jaron Hall. Clown, Jared Hall. underprepared.
2: Yeah, 1% to O'Connell for not doing a good job of play calling. 99% to Jaron Hall who I expected to be. If you are not the next Russell Wilson starting Sunday, Jaron, and I'm not talking this version, I'm talking the Seahawks.
0: Then what are you doing? Why are you here? Can you imagine like here at, uh, at Hubbard radio, which is our, our parent company at Scornarth, If if our guy, our CFO, Dave Bessler, a seasoned veteran, excellent CEO, our CFO. Hey, I got to have surgery and I'm going to be out. I can't really do my job for like the next 10 months. So Judd, you're going to be the new CFO, and we're going to judge everything Hello. everything to the Ooh, same well, person, Judd you got to learn how to be that. CFO.
2: I'd, I'd expect to, oh,
0: Judd, would we have fun? Oh, the first company party? Judd is underprepared, but he's going to have full oh, access. You know to... what? No,
1: I'm all about rallying the troops. The first company party
2: would be unbelievable, he,
1: and it would be quick, too. He comes <laughs> to the board meeting in that hoodie and those blue athletic <laughs> Adidas pants that he always likes to wear. Like, he shows up yep. just looking like that. That's I can Yep, see yep. slippers. His new balances. Slippers maybe, are big time. Maybe oh, we, we, we would have a seventh? dress
2: code. We we would have a quick dress co- code, and it would be a very you, comfortable dress code. Do you rock? You rock New
0: Balances, right? Judd, me? Are You a New Balance guy? I don't oh. even know what they are. No, oh. they're just yes. tennis shoes. You don't know what Dawn New Bal- does? Cause oh, you don't know what Dawn your does. tennis shoes are?
2: I don't know what mine are, but Dawn's are New Balances because they've got. So I don't think my,
0: I don't think mine are. I think they're just cheaper. I just want to say New Balance is making a huge comeback. Oh, yeah. So they've signed Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. They've okay. there's, like, two or three big high-profile athletes. Kawhi? I feel like the brand, became, Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. the brand was kind of, like, when I was in high school, it was like, if you wore New Balances, you weren't cool, right? Now it's like, New Balances are becoming cool again. Dude, in, in Crazy Stupid Love, Ryan Gosling throws them out. Throws off. the New Balances out, yeah.
1: Ever since then, it's, it's kind of made a comeback. They probably had to come to comeback.
0: Jesus meeting after that movie mm-hmm. and said, Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Great. We got the product placement, but it's not helping us. So who's out then now? Who's what what uh
2: company is not as popular as it was? I
0: mean Reebok, I feel like Reebok's kinda struggling.
1: Are they still a are they still a thing? Is Reebok still point. a
0: thing? I don't know. Uh, they got
1: absorbed by someone. Well
0: Did remember Puma like in the them? in the nineties, I feel like Reebok and, and oh, one yeah. were much higher up on oh. the the coolest Dude, right the and one
1: basketball commercials in the early 2000s those things were the best those were awesome commercials the
0: mixtape tour yep. you know mm-hmm. streetball mm. anyways ca- ca- carrying on here uh, calloway <laughs> brady says my question is in regards to the speculation that with kirk's injury this will cause him to take a lesser deal and stay in minnesota however i don't see it that way hmm. i believe kirk and his agent could use this whole thing to benefit them They can go to Kwesi and Martin and say, look, Kirk was playing his best football of his career before the injury. This team most certainly would have went to the playoffs, made a playoff run if Kirk had stayed healthy. And they can use this injury to their advantage since because of this, a situation like throwing three yards on fourth and eight uh, from last year never happens. It's too far in the rearview mirror. I mean, like, I think if you're Kirk's agent, you're going to leverage two things here, right? You're going to say, my client was playing the best football of his life in the first eight games, or for sure, like, the, the month leading up to the injury. Uh, and there's two or three other teams minimum that would love to take a flyer on him that are in desperate need of a quarterback. I mean, Atlanta's one of them. We've talked about them. We'll see where Brock Purdy's at in a few months from now. So he ain't playing for $5 million, So we probably shouldn't overstate, like, oh, we're going to get a discounted Kirk here, right? That's, it'll be, maybe, it won't be, like, $50 million, but it's also not going to be $6 million.
2: Sure. Well, if Crazy follows through on his statement, I think it was in his Wednesday press conference that, you know, when, when asked by Seifert about this, and he said it's going to be a negotiation, then the Vikings should be in good shape. If anybody does this because they like Kirk, um, that's a huge mistake. Like, you can't do that. You need to you need to do this because it's a sound move for you. You know, I yeah. mean, if Daniel Hunter comes in and says, I have to be the top-paid defensive or the top paid pass uh rush end in this entire league you can you you know you there there has to be a line that is drawn at some point in time and i'm not i'm not advocating trying to lose guys because i'm big on prioritizing guys yeah but if cousins people show up and they're like you know uh, oh, we got to what if they say what you just read i think you got to say you know great
0: good luck we love you thank you bye Horn Fan 2 wants to know here in the YouTube comment section, what position did you play, Mackie? Mackie. It's a good question. So uh, I played tight end in fifth grade football, and then Mm -hmm. I played uh, both guard positions and defensive end uh, and safety somehow in middle school. I don't know how a guy plays (laughs) uh, defensive line, offensive line, and safety, but I think they just put kids wherever. And then I quit after eighth grade because I thought that my coaches were mean, there was too much running, and I was more interested in baseball at the time. So. Too much running is a very solid, you know, solid I, reason to quit Some Flat like, feet. I got shin splints it and stuff. It depends. It was kind of tough.
1: It depends. Like, I, I did track. I love track. But once I figured out this scam of what cross country was, I was like, this is ridiculous. You're just telling me we're all running 5Ks and, and yeah. that's it? We're all in the same Did you run event? cross country? I did cross country for three weeks in high school before I realized it was just the dumbest thing. You're just running around a golf course. You could just be golfing instead. Yeah. Like, I I, I love track because everyone has their own individual event that they fit into, right? And I kind of, I just assumed, I'll be honest, big assumption, that cross country was the same thing, that there was individual races. No, there's not. It was just a 5K for everyone. Wait, you signed up
0: for cross country not knowing that you're just running for like five hours every day? Correct. That is exactly <laughs> what? what happened. That's a
2: you. That's a you thing, dude. Yeah.
1: No, it was it was me. And then once I yeah. once I realized my humongous mistake, I was like, this is a load of crap. Yeah. I'm done with this. This I'm I'm not doing this at all. Yeah.
0: I've never understood cross country. You know, to those of you who love running, that's great, but uh, you know, it just seems like seems like a lot. Uh Keith G chimes in says, "How is the Kirk and KOC partnership a success? You guys are talking about this. 13 win season with no playoff wins and a 500 team this year." What happened to this show's mission statement? Talking about a veteran quarterback who needs his hand held to be successful. This fan base needs to wake up. KOC hasn't proved anything, but uh, he's a good conversationalist and rah-rah talk. So do you think we're straying too far away from the Super Bowl mission of this show lately?
2: Well, I think at one and four, we were like... They clearly, to me and i've been we've been talking about this for a while i i don't see this as a super bowl team that's the goal that's why i keep trying to talk about wh- where are you going from here like how are you going to build this thing yeah yeah like do you want it to be co- but look here's my personal conundrum here's my own internal strife if they win or are playing well and i still don't think that they're going to a super bowl is it a really good show if I just crap on them constantly? Like, like that's all. Like, like last year, okay, eight yeah. comeback wins, and we got. And I'm sure it's justified. It's probably been proven. We got the. This is not sustainable. This is not the way to win games. Blah blah blah. Okay, but after every one of those games, is it fun when people are celebrating a win to get on here and and be like the unsustainability of that win makes this crap. You know. So like, I struggle. Yeah. I. St- I want them to win a Super Bowl. I have a high expectation. I think we're pretty critical. But that being said, at every turn, am I going to figuratively uh, um, crap on them? I, it's just not fun. So- I would
0: also add this, like, because I agree with you. There's, there's, a, there's sort of a, a micro view and a macro view here. The macro view of the show is Super Bowl should be the goal, right? But on the micro side if they're digging out from a one in four hole and they beat the San Francisco 49ers and then they bludgeon the Packers and they're kind of on the way to building something. You can't come out. I, I don't know. Tell us if we're wrong about this, but if Judd or myself or Declan, if he just came on the show every day and said, Hey, great three, gra- uh, three game win streak, but none of this matters because you're right. Like, so there's right. kind of a micro and a macro. Also, I guess if your baseline thought is that this show is too positive I don't know. You, you <laughs> like, might want to start your own podcast yeah, right. and do exactly what we said we don't want to do. Is there a more? Ne- we do push back against the narrative that we're negative. I think we're 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 balanced and fair. And I you know we wave the flag and whatever. But we're probably the most critical Vikings, like regular Vikings show out there. I would think there's oh, so yeah. many other shows I could rattle off right now that are just like way more pie in the sky radio, podcast, right. YouTube, whatever. Right. And uh, and probably take more of an unrealistic, optimistic approach. So maybe maybe the moral of this story here is that uh, Keith G needs to start his own Vikings podcast and corner the market on being super <laughs> negative every day for 365 call it,
2: days. Call it
0: purple, pissed off. Purple pissed. Purple purple pissed. pissed off.
1: Purple pissed. Off I'll listen too. to it. <laughs>
2: We're it's in perfect. Little alliteration got the whole yes, thing going.
0: People love alliteration. Uh, Ken Olsen chimes in. I have a few things to bring up. First, I can't believe you guys are jumping on this ridiculous notion that KOC said he wants Kirk back in 2024. Whether he does or does not is still to be determined. But he absolutely did not say he wants Kirk back in 2024. He said, Kirk knows how I feel about him. The man loves his wife, but that doesn't mean he wants his wife to be the starting quarterback for the Vikings in 2024. I'm just saying. Sure. it's
1: an interesting
2: she right. might be a good athlete. Like, how? How can you say yeah. that? You see, my wife can she run
0: an RPO? You know, she probably can. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think KOC was like pulling a fast one? I think he wants Kirk back. I took him at face value. I guess. I thought we talked about this, and I thought we,
2: I thought we discussed that. I said, I said, in the case of both Quasi and KOC. In, in fact, I, I know I said this. I said KOC. My exact words were, what was he going to say on the Monday after a guy he likes personally gets hurt?
0: I have the quote here, too, if you just want to let reprocess yeah. it real quick. Sure, he said, sure. "Go ahead." Kirk Cousins is going to be healthy again. I know he's going to be a free agent after this season, but Kirk knows how I feel about him, and that will be something that will hopefully work itself out. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could see how there'd be some some ambiguity he did say i think he was playing his best football playing as well as anyone in the national football league and that's what's tough to cope with uh okay i mean but i agree with
2: that no like like the note you read i actually agree with i just don't think that we we all articulated that we were buying into it it's a day after kirk after Kirk's season ends okay kevin o'connell is asked about kirk he is clearly not going to say, you know, I am so glad he got hurt. I'm glad to be rid of that guy. I have been waiting. Thank God. Shopping at uh. the bit. Thank you, Packers. Thank you, Lambo. Like, do I think that Kevin, I mean, that quote right there says it. He will definitely, and, and Quasi piggybacked it and mm-hmm. and sort of double down with executive speak. Yeah. But I hope it works itself out. And Quasi's words, this is going to be a negotiation. Yes. I mean, they're going to talk to Kirk, but I don't think we've, at least for me, I never said, oh, this is done. But Kevin O'Connell's not a dumb guy. I thought he gave a very fair quote. I thought it didn't go too far. He did not say, I absolutely want Kirk back. Um, and none of it surprised me. Like none of it. I didn't look at any of those quotes and say, oh, my God, they are committed to Kirk.
1: And even Kwesi said, you know, Kirk's excited for OTAs and stuff. So there's, like, some funny gray area that they're clearly putting out there that, like, hey, Kirk wants to come back, and he's eager for OTAs and starting to throw in footballs again and all that fun stuff. But um, I I think they are more attached to him than maybe we think, but it's going to no, be a negotiation.
0: I'm going to – sometimes I think people think Score North is one person saying the same thing all the time. I, I, I haven't a. I think they've always been attached to Kirk I think Mm -hmm. maybe we were wrong or I was wrong two years ago because I remember saying, like, there's no way you would attach your careers to, like, the 12th best quarterback who's making, you know, top three cap hit money. They love Kirk. I underestimated that two years ago. I also think they want Kirk back, and I think there's a good chance he comes back. And I don't think that would be a terrible decision at the right price. So,
2: Right, but they want Kirk back at the right price, too. They want and 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 let's be very clear here. I feel this has been lost in the messaging of this whole thing. They love the Kirk they've created. They've worked there. There's a lot of ways this could have gone. And if Kirk was still 2020 Kirk, I don't think they want him back. But they basically bet, and the Wilfs did, and crazy probably did too, right? On Kevin O'Connell could turn Kirk into really a different. A, a more effective player so not just personal stats and a guy who was who was it was clear was embraced you know i uh, i'll ask you this anybody out there you go find me the plethora of quotes about kirk cousins from 2018 to 21 that we see now like you go find me those quotes yeah. you're going to be looking for a long time so like this notion and i've seen it this week kirk was always the same that that would no Kevin O'Connell was hired to mold a Kirk Cousins that we've seen and there's nothing wrong with that. Coaches and players have been attached forever. Yes. But there's this silly there's this silly notion that Kirk Cousins was always like this and by being suppressed by Zimmer Zimmer didn't do a good job with Kirk, but ladies and gentlemen, I got news for you. Kirk Cousins was an adult when he signed here. He was not a 17-year-old recruit who was belittled by Nick Saban. So I just feel like there's a there's a large missing piece of this story. And there narr- it's become a narrative instead of the reality.
0: You know, I had I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it because we're talking about this. At the it was, I think, the beginning of Mike Zimmer's last season. So it was like it was like the September sometime early in that where you kind of felt like things were at a tipping point. And I I'll just speak for myself was. That was like the height of Mike Kirk Cousins' criticism. It was, oh, now we're going to meet on Thursday, right? People are putting this all on Mike Zimmer, but like you said, there's two adults in this room. One is being paid to lead this team and to solve some problems. Where is he? He just works here, right? And I had an NFL agent reach out to me, unprompted, who represented players in that locker room saying, hey, don't stop. Your criticism is spot on. It's, you're not the only one that feels this way. You're not on the inside necessarily, but your criticism don't don't be bullied into thinking your criticism is wrong. From literally from an NFL agent who represented players inside the building, mm-hmm. the feeling is different two years later. Kevin, I mean Kevin has come in and created a different atmosphere than Mike. Kirk has benefited. Credit to Kirk for stepping up in some leadership ways on the field. Right, playing with a more quiet mind. But yeah, it is like to suggest that everything's the same. I you know, like this. Look at the statistics. They're largely the same. And they are somehow largely the same. But behind the scenes, key situations, fourth quarter comebacks, yeah. like there's a there's a, and the defense, the defense was, you know, I think the defense took away some fourth quarter comebacks probably in 2021. That can be true as well. But there's been an evolution here clearly since 2018 and clearly since the end of the Mike Zimmer era.
2: Yes, absolutely. And and this is where where I, I feel that I've been fair is this. I never once said and I will not say that eight eight fourth quarter comebacks which tied a league record by Kirk Cousins was some some type of fluke. For all you want to say, well, it's not sustainable, and that's very well true. Here's the thing. He went from – and in 21, it started to change a bit because I think he stopped caring as much about Mike. But Mm -hmm. it started to change a bit in 21. But what he did last year up until the Giants' playoff loss, to me, I'm sorry, it was incredibly impressive. When you go from being a guy that we questioned, I think rightfully so for a long time for lack of a clutch gene, um, and you lead eight fourth-quarter comebacks, I don't care if it's a fluke or not. It's impressive. And so if you're telling me that the Zimmer Kirk and the O'Connell Kirk was the same guy,
0: you're kidding yourself. But that's where the nuance comes in where it's like, yeah, okay, well, the the coach was responsible for suppressing Cousins for several years, which is partially true. Mm-hmm. And then the new coach is empowering Kirk. I think what, what I was asking for the last couple of years or the entire Mike Zimmer era was, if you're gonna if you're gonna put out the first ironclad guaranteed quarterback contract in NFL history and bring a guy in as the final piece to the puzzle to win a Super Bowl, I need him to be less at the mercy of a coordinator and a coach. I need him to be like another leader in that room, like yes. the Brady's and like the Mahomes and some of these other guys. Yeah.
2: Do you know what new Kirk was? Newkirk was was a computer that you run the upgrades on and, and you're like, it's moving quicker now. It's doing he's Windows, better.
0: he's Windows
2: 8. That's what New Kirk was. Like you ran upgrades, and, and it's like, hey, this works better now. This is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh Joshua Dimmick chimes in says, after six months of bugging the high V liquor manager, I finally got them to special order some before I die Surly Lager. <laughs> Down in Omaha. Skull. Let's go, dude. Shout out.
2: Shout out right there from our friends at Surly Brewing. And do you see what stick to it does? Do you see what being dedicated to to making sure that you get your beer does? High V even gets this now out of state because, yes, because you guys demand it and you should. Look. We can disagree on Kirk Cousins. We can disagree on the exact nature of the route to a championship. But what we can't disagree on is that before we die, we all want to see a Super Bowl championship. And what better way than sipping on a beer on the couch, you know, watching college football, watching pro football on Sundays? What better way to remind yourself of the mission than to have this baby in your hand, surly brewing before I die? Check it out. And as always, as always. Show us your cans yes. on X slash Twitter at Jay Zolgad at Score North. We always love to see the Surly product. You're sipping on.
0: Thank you. Amen. Thanks for their partnership. And uh, Underdog makes watching fantasy or watching football a lot of fun. Underdog fantasy, Dex.
1: Yeah, my guy James sent me uh, sent me this one from earlier this week during the World Series. Took a little World Series props. Took some hires. Took some uh, a lot of hires actually, and even had a little boosted payout on Corey Seager total bases that paid off for him. Five pick slip. 200 bucks, nice little pocket money there for my guy James. You can join Underdog Fantasy, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Speaking of show us your cans, also show us your slips. Send them to me on email. I see them in my email. Send them to me on Twitter, at Dex's tweets. We love seeing these winning slips. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app.
0: And uh, a shout-out to our friends at 3Jack. So I think we're, we're definitely due. It's been like a month and a half since we've been to, uh, mm-hmm. to one of our favorite spots, the North Loop 3Jack. Yeah, great spot in the
1: North Loop. They have, uh, obviously, the golf simulator. You know, golf courses are closing down now, mostly, right? It's getting a little too cold. You got shotgun starts. You can't figure out where to get your tee times now. I totally understand the frustration. So how about you just go to our friends at 3Jack. You can book a simulator bay. You can also get some delicious food options, okay? The loaded nachos, the open face steak sandwich. They got great salad options. Also, a great tap list as well. And when you go into 3Jack in the North Loop, and you mentioned Purple Daily, you'll get a free pint with any menu purchase item as well. So go to 3Jack in the North Loop, get those swings, and get your apps in. Great spot. Go check them out. 3Jack.
0: Amen. All right. Uh, Jonathan Conkle chimes in here on Feedback Friday. He says, hello, gentlemen. Is it too early for 2024 mock drafts? What are your thoughts on this one from CBS Sports? Oh, boy. Jonathan, it's never too early.
2: I want a mock! Mock! (laughs)
0: Never oh, too never early. You send them in. We read them. So this is from CBS Sports. And of course, the video player on the right hand side of the screen here has Rick Spielman dishing a take on something here. CBS Sports HQ. <laughs> so right now, uh, let's see the. Is this a mock trade? Yeah. The, OK, the Giants. Yes. Wow. We have a mock trade. The Giants moving God. up to number one to draft Caleb Williams. Whew. OK. And then uh, Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. to DeBarris with the second and third picks. Mm -hmm. Let's see, I'm just going to keep scrolling. Ooh, uh, Patriots taking Bo Nix with the fifth overall pick. So that's three quarterbacks off the board in the first five picks. Another quarterback off the board to Vegas, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. We'll see how he plays without coaches knowing what defensive play is coming. So he goes eighth. Uh Uh-huh. Let's scroll in here. Let's see here. A little wide receiver run. Okay, into the teens. No other quarterbacks. Oh, the Vikings picking at 20th. So they'd they'd basically be the, I think it's, (laughs) isn't 21 the last? No, no, uh, because there's 14 playoff teams. Right. So they'd be in the playoffs in this scenario. Yeah. And with the 20th overall pick, according to the CBSSports.com mock draft, whatever point zero. The Minnesota Vikings select out of the University of Washington, UW, six foot three, two hundred fifteen pound quarterback Michael Penix Jr. I want
2: a mock, mock,
0: southpaw, right? I want Lefty,
2: you.
0: dude. He uh, here's Brian the right of O'Neal, blindside protector. Yeah, that's a really. Was it you that brought that point up, or a listener on feedback that if they were to draft a left-handed quarterback? Would it make it less valuable to sign Christian Derisaw I was a listener. contract? I had
2: already suggested they were getting calls on or Christian. Or would you trade
0: Brian O'Neill and move Derrissaw to the right side to protect Penix's blind side? The write-up says the Vikings go with super aggressive Penix to man what should be a high-powered offense. Long balls galore from Penix. Oh, boy. I could I'm see. An, I'm going to add this to the list.
2: Is, is Michael Penix going to get to 20, though? And is JJ McCarthy going to go that high? I, I, I sort of thought they were reversed in in
0: on some lists. It's early, Judd. I mean, yeah, it's early. We got to get. I know, but bowl I want to talk about this real Senior time I,
2: but Yeah, but I'm in real time. I'm in real.
0: <laughs> look, everything's flying right now. The fur is flying. Sounds like you're in the future, actually. Yeah. You're saying that they're too high. You're like you're not. I'm I'm in real time. Declan's in real time. We're saying yeah. this is this is the world right now. You're saying right. no. These guys are too low. They should be higher. You're, I'm trying to get ahead. You're of the like I'm in try- March right now. I'm you're to future judge. I'm
2: trying to get a. I think CBS is off the mark here. It's CBS on CBS. Welcome to the NFL Draft on CBS, where we're going to take it very
0: seriously. Coming up next, "Murder She Wrote." Great <laughs> <laughs> show. Uh, Justin R. says, Albert Breer reported it would have taken a top 60 pick to move any conversation forward for the Vikings to trade Deniel Hunter last week. Hmm. If teams were only offering a third-round pick for Hunter and Hunter leaves in free agency, was it a mistake not to take the third-rounder? Well, I think they're going to get a third-rounder in 2025 as a comp pick. Compensatory. Yes, they will. I'm good with this. If they weren't getting a top 60 pick for Deniel yeah. Hunter... Keep riding it forward Wait. and hold on a second though. Um the the Bears trade
2: was for Sweat, right? Yeah, but isn't yeah. He, he's not a oh he is a free agent. He's a, he free, agent. a free agent. Yeah. They yeah. haven't signed him yet, which was idiotic of the Bears. I don't know what they were doing. I didn't realize that he was going to hit the market.
1: Also, the and- Bears
0: have the most cap space. Couldn't they have just waited five minutes oh. and signed Montez Sweat in I March?
1: Think, and they still could, but yeah. Or if you're going to make the trade, just like. Tell
2: Washington we have to do, if we can't come to an agreement on an extension with Sweat, we're out. But anyway, he cost him a second rounder, right? Yes. Okay, I have all due respect, because Breer is good, and he's got a ton of sources. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you're telling me Daniil Hunter would get... So you're telling me that two guys in similar positions as far as where they are contractually... One's going to get a second-round pick, but the guy who leads the league in sacks and has 20 and a half sacks over the past
0: season plus is not? Yeah, it's weird. It's definitely – it doesn't fully add up. The math doesn't fully add up. As I would say. Agreed. Jim Brees chimes in, says, Just wanted to let you know that listening to Purple Daily since a month or so before the draft this year – that you guys inspired me to cross off the biggest item on my bucket list. I went to my first NFL game when my son and I came to Minnesota for the Niners Monday night game a couple weeks ago. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I live in upstate New York. I've been a Vikings fan since 1969. I also had to bring back home some Surly before I die lager as it's not available in New York. You guys are awesome. It's easy to see why you are the best football podcast in America. I think we're like 15th best this week, but we'll take it. Thank you, Jim. Not only are you informative, but you also are entertaining. Keep up the great work. You make every day better. Thank you for what you do. Jim, your check you, is Jim. in the mail, dude. Thank it's you. Emotional. <laughs> I'm
2: That's cheering you. up. That's very nice. That's
0: very nice. Sometimes people are mean on the internet, and that was very nice and uplifting. Sometimes I don't know what you're even talking about. we need that validation. I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. People are always nice to me. Frank Bella chimes in. Old school Vikings fan, longtime listener of the show. I have that same empty feeling I experienced so long ago when Fran Tarkenton went down with the first injury of his career. Time was running out on the Purple People Eaters.
2: 1977, Cincinnati Bengals at the Met. I still have the game program, but I I was not there. I just found it. It's right behind me, actually.
0: Yeah, he says midway through the 1977 season, uh, Tarkenton suffered a season-ending leg injury. Yep, the window fun. to win the Super Bowl was closing. The Vikings were essentially written off after that. I I don't know that I would directly compare the Purple People Eaters era where they were going to Super Bowls every other year for like a decade to the one playoff game they've won the last six years in the Kirk Cousins era. But I'll agree with you, yes. It does feel like a changing of the guard happening potentially at quarterback. Like the end of one era into... Another, but that was also the, that was the greatest era in the history of Vikings football yeah. that they were moving off of.
1: I mean, it's it's similar to the Dante injury, right? Dante tears up his knee, and they end up moving on from him after you know some decent years with Dante. So I I remember when Dante got hurt, and I was younger, and I was much more crushed. Like my fiance's baby brother, who's seventeen, was legitimately emotional with Kirk Cousins' injury on Sunday because it's the only real like stable quarterback he's ever known.
0: Yeah, the Kirk Dante injury is a little more similar than anything compared to like the end of the Purple People Eater run mm-hmm. ending. Yeah. The Dante thing
2: was weird because the reality was that team was off to a bad start and Dante was not playing well. Yeah. I, I've always I've always been curious um what would happen if that took place in 2004 cuz that's when Dante had the un- incredible year. Um I think there's far more what ifs in the Dante case. And the Teddy case, I don't like, unless you think that this, like Kirk was going to lead this team to a championship, which I've been on record as saying continually, I don't think he was going to like, and I know Teddy Kirk is a better quarterback than Teddy, but the Teddy thing was coming together. I mean, Zim had his guy and in retrospect now at the time, I didn't know, like that was the only quarterback Zim ever really liked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's and Dante would, you know, if Dante had come back and rebounded strong, he was a fr- like he he would have played for a substantial amount of time as a franchise. Well, and he wasn't even old, potentially. No, right? that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Dante came back from the knee, le- like, let's say he had decided to rehab here and hadn't gotten in and told Childress, I want out. If he would have come back potentially and had plenty of time left. Assuming, yeah. assuming that the knee wasn't completely destroyed, which we can probably debate.
0: A couple more left here uh, in this live feedback Friday. Dave Harm says, "I think it's, I think it's good to be on the road for Jaron Hall's first start at home. A bad player or two, and the crowd might turn on him. Do you think when they, when they come back, let's say he starts oh. that home game against the Saints? Do you think we will boo Jaron Hall if he has like a bad first half?" Boo! Is, get his ass out of here! Go back to BYU! Is getting,
2: uh, you know, if they're losing at halftime and they're not looking good, I think the team might get booed because th- that seems to happen quite a bit. I don't think they'll boo Hall in particular. I don't think, so. We're like, gonna I don't think he has to worry about it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm convinced also they didn't trade for Case Keenum, not because he couldn't play, but because that exact thought would cross Vikings fans' heads. Like, if they traded for Case Keenum and Jaron Hall started that home opener, his first home start, and they had a bad start, they'd be chanting Keenum by the two-minute warning. Can you, oh, can you yeah. And could you even imagine the roar if Case Keenum started and they announced the it's, offensive starters and Alan Roche said, Case Keenum, again, it would erupt
0: yeah. in that it's a thing. stadium. It's a thing. It would have
2: been a bad idea. And it's so long ago now. Let's just leave that in the past in, in the link with the incredible meltdown of the 2017 NFC title game.
0: Yeah. Okay, Dylan Kearns has a pie chart for us. He says, thank you guys for the content and discussions. I've become a big fan since coming across your channels. Thank you, Dylan. Relating to your guys' conversation Tuesday about Kirk's growth and evolution as a quarterback over his Vikings tenure and how he was brought in as the final piece to win a Super Bowl but only as one playoff win, I've decided to take uh, to bake you guys a pie chart of blame for the team's lack of playoff wins in the Kirk Cousins era. Wow.
1: The Rock knows nice. how you, feel about thank you. Pie.
0: So I'll go through this real quick here. 23% to Rick Spielman for never finding a franchise quarterback in the draft Mm -hmm. and for having drafted almost no starters on defense since the 2015 draft. This piece of pie could also be larger because the younger and cheaper talent would have slowed the decline of the defense and would have made a large quarterback salary less detrimental to the team building. 33% to Mike Zimmer for not having a positive relationship with your starting quarterback or your kicker, Daniel Carlson. And for being a bad leader, motivator, and game manager, and for not preparing his team for big games. And for allowing the Chiefs' Matt Moore and the Cowboys' Cooper Rush to beat us in 2019 and 21, respectively. (laughs) And, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, 9% to Ed Donatel for having an incompetent defense that made every game more difficult. 4% to Kwesi, mostly for the 2022 draft class doing nothing. 14%, hopefully someone's checking math here, 14% 14% to now. Kevin O'Connell for hiring Ed Donatel. 10% to bad offensive lines every year from 2009 until basically this year. 6% to Kirk Cousins for getting punched in the mouth and not being able to shake it off in some big games. And then another 1% to Kirk Cousins for not overcoming all of the above obstacles.
2: <laughs> I feel like we exceeded the all- allotment right there, but I'm not quite sure, and I didn't keep track of the math. Hold on. I-
0: 30, would be no math. 23, 33, that's 56, 4 brings us to 60, 9% to 69, nice, 14% to 83, 10% to 93, 6% to 99, 1%, wow, that is excellent math, nice At job, I somebody can do math, Dylan Kern's coming in, Dylan, with that a that's mathematically a great the knows three.
2: how you feel about pie, so,
0: And that brings us to the end of our Feedback Friday session here, Purple Daily, presented by Quick Trip. Tomorrow we have a Purple Picks episode. We're going to make our official picks, Vikings-Falcons. And then don't forget the most fan-friendly, interactive show in all of Minnesota sports. That would be vikings Ventline. right after the game is over on Sunday. We'll have a million things to discuss, no doubt. Uh, This was the biggest week of Purple Daily since NFL Draft Week. Uh, largely because the Vikings always have something dramatic happening. But thank you guys for your continued support of this podcast. We appreciate you, and we'll see you tomorrow on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment.